Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. But God, in His grace, He showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free, too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you need to know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four elementary age kids. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and a blogger at comparedtowho.me. And you just may have seen my epic bake fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and tell a friend about it. And welcome to the Compared to Who podcast. I'm Heather Creekmore, and I am so glad that you're listening today because if you've ever struggled with comparison, okay, and let's be honest, who hasn't struggled with comparison, then today's show is going to be a super fun one for you to listen to because today I have a guest. She's the author of a new book on comparison, which we're going to talk lots about. She's a blogger at Imparting Grace. She serves as the vice chair on the board of directors at Renovary, and she's a member of the Redbud Writers Guild, which I'm a member of too. But Rochelle Parham, I'm so glad that you're joining me today. Thank you for being on the Compared to podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with you. So I think it's super fun that we've both written books on comparison, and we're going to get into that in just a minute. But before we dig into that good stuff... Would you tell us just a little bit more about yourself? Tell us about your family. I know you live in the South, so this is going to be an interesting conversation because I'm from right, the East yeah. Coast, so I talk about a mile a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm probably slower. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that comparison, right? <laughs> that might be nice for our listeners. That's right. <laughs> tell, tell us about yourself, Rochelle. Oh, well, I am a wife and a mom. I've been married to Jack, the long-suffering husband (laughs) who um, helped me to get started in the journey of getting free from comparison. We've been married for 34 years, which of course means I got married when I was 12, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Actually not, (laughs) but but, uh, we've been married a long time and we have three young adult sons. So I have a 28-year-old son who is a naval aviator. He, he flies planes for the U.S. Navy okay. and just got married. So I have a daughter-in-law, which is wonderful. My first foray into having a girl. Then I have a son who is uh, an accountant and a son who just graduated from college and is looking for a job. So our lives are busy and fun and never a dull moment. Very nice. I love it. Now, my husband was a Marine aviator. So that is so cool. What did he fly? He flew the F-18. Oh, wow. So I think they're phasing that one out now, but uh, Mm -hmm. they're going Mm -hmm. to F-35 or something like that. But goodness, don't test my naval aviation knowledge. (laughs) But you know the life. I do. I do. So uh, so that's exciting. Well, your brand new book. Okay. Anyone listening, you need to get this book. And what will impress you, you know, we're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, right? Like that's the cliche. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, once you look at this cover, you will want to buy this book because InterVarsity Press did a knock it out of the park job on your cover. It is gorgeous. But the book is called Mythical Me, 
finding freedom from constant comparison. And y'all just look it up right now. Do yourself a favor. Okay. Not if you're driving, don't look it up if you're driving, but but when you get home, (laughs) look this up. It's got a picture of an iPhone on it. It's kind of this like mirror kind of look. And when you look at her Mm -hmm. cover, you can kind of see yourself in this kind of mirrored reflection on the cover. It's just Mm -hmm. beautiful. But what I think is fun, and Rochelle, you and I were talking about this just for a second before we pushed record. But what is so fun is we've both written books on comparison. Mine doesn't come out till September of 2020, but I've read yours. And what I think is so neat is that in in a context where we both confess to, to lives of chronic comparison, right? And I'm going to give you a chance to kind of share your story on that front. But we both confess to that. But what's so cool, y'all, is how she has written a book on comparison that just comes at it from a different angle than I come at it from. To me, it's just an evidence that we don't need to compare because God has given us each a unique voice and a unique message, even on the same topic. Like there's enough room for all of us ladies. And so I'm going to let Rochelle talk because I, this is too close to to my heart. So I want to talk all the time, but Rochelle, tell us about writing this book, what prompted you to write it and, and tell us about what your struggle with comparison has been. Well, I um, have been struggling with it for a long time. <laughs> what I what I didn't know is that I was doing it. And, and your word was perfect, Heather. You said chronic comparison. That is exactly the right term for, for what I did. But I didn't realize I was doing it. Mm-hmm. It was such a deeply ingrained habit that I had never discerned that it was a habit. And many years ago, I was, I was, I was telling, it was very innocent. This was a conversation with my husband. I was telling him about writing with some friends to a Bible study. And as I talked to him, he noticed that I compared myself to the first friend and to, then to the second friend and then to the third friend. And each time I would point out whatever was the friend's most outstanding attribute and say, I wish I could be like that. Mm-hmm. And he finally stopped me. And said, you can't keep doing this. You do this all the time. And I was, I was, to be honest, a little defensive. I was like, (laughs) do what? What are you talking about? And he said, you're always comparing yourself to other people and you always choose the best thing about them and compare yourself Mm -hmm. to that best thing Mm -hmm. so that you always come up short. And what he said next stopped me in my tracks. He said, you have created for yourself a mythical composite woman made up of the best characteristics of every person. And that's who you think you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And he was right. It took me a while because I won't say I was angry, but I I was defensive. At first I thought, oh, that can't be true. Surely I'm not really doing that. But after I had had time to think about it and pray about it, I realized he was right. I was. I was Mm -hmm. doing this constantly. And if I met you, I would choose whatever was most outstanding about you. Mm -hmm. You Heather, I would choose your vivaciousness and think, why can't I be like that? So if there was something great about you, I inferred that it was a weakness about mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I did this all the time. And because because I constantly came up short with these measurements, I decided without ever consulting anyone else that I was unacceptable mm-hmm. and unlovable. Mm-hmm. And what prompted me finally to get some help was when I realized that I had projected those feelings 
onto other people and even onto God. Mm-hmm. So I, I, mean, I knew that God loves people, but I struggled to believe he loved me mm-hmm. because I painted him with my comparisons and thought, I know I'm unacceptable, mm-hmm. so God must not accept me. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing with my husband, with my children, with my friends. I mean, so after a while, like every relationship in my life was was not destroyed, but was damaged by this. Mm-hmm. It, it was just, it was an ingrained part of my life that I just couldn't get out of. Hey there, how much is freedom worth to you? That's kind of an odd question, right? When I was in the midst of my struggle with disordered eating and body image, I would have paid anything I had to be free. Truth is, I spent a lot of my budget on things I thought could help me be free, like new diets, exercise gizmos, clothing, but none of those things really helped. I'm so grateful that God showed me the way out. And now I'm passionate about helping others find their way out too. I want them to know that Jesus already paid it all. They don't have to spend another cent to find the freedom they really desire. But truth is, it does cost me something to get this message out, compared to who can't spread the message of Jesus' offer of freedom without the help of women like you. Would you consider making a contribution? Check out Compared to Who's Patreon page at patreon.com slash compared to who. Then prayerfully consider giving $1 or $5 a month, whatever you can to help. Any amount you'd be willing to donate would be a huge blessing and will go directly towards covering the operating expenses of this ministry. Thank you for being a part of seeing other women set free from the chains of body image and comparison. May God bless your generosity. And for a long time now, thank God there are people like you now who are getting to the heart of this, you know, that this is a spiritual matter. Mm -hmm. But years ago, when I started looking for help with comparison, what I found was trite, Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, yay, rah, go team, cheerleader. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of it, I, I shouldn't maybe paint it all quite so bleakly. Some of it was very inspirational, but most of it was just surface level. You know, it was, or else it was like, you can't compare yourself to others Mm -hmm. because you just don't compare. So just don't do it. Not that, well, that's helpful. (laughs) Just don't, just stop, just stop it. Right. It's like that old Bob (laughs) Newhart um, shtick where he plays the psychologist who says to the woman, just stop it. Just Uh stop it. (laughs) I I tried, I tried stopping it and it didn't work. Yeah. 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 It was an ingrained habit that was really, really causing problems. And so long story short, I I ended up in a a time of real crisis in my life, crisis in my relationships. And I'm really grateful that that crisis landed me finally in the office of a therapist who helped me kind of pull things apart because my my situation needed that kind of professional help. I'm I'm not sure that everybody's needs that kind of help, but mine did, and I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I've shared on this show before that I've been through years of counseling, and mm-hmm. I I actually kind of go the other way. In fact, in my first book, I had it written that everyone should consider some counseling. And I remember my agent was like, you can't put that in a book. <laughs> but I, I you, you know, I, I've met very few people who wouldn't benefit from it. <laughs> absolutely. Well, because I, I think I believed that only really messed up people oh, needed yeah. counseling, oh, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of the stereotype or the preconception. But well, you know I, why, everyone, Heather, because you use comparison on that too. Right? Exactly. That's true. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe if you were worse, you would need counseling. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but you know, everyone I think can benefit. I mean, and maybe 
maybe it's just even not a professional counselor. Maybe you just need to sit down with your pastor. And I think you mentioned that in your book, sit down with someone who's maybe just a couple steps further along in their mm-hmm. spiritual spiritual formation, but sitting down with someone and kind of digging through right. like, where, where did this come from? Wh- right. Why am I still struggling with this? And you right. talk about that in your book too, as kind of, I don't know if you go so far as to call it a step, but as kind of like a place to start. Do you want to mm-hmm. fill that out a little bit more? Yeah. So, um, what I, what I try to do is to think in terms of, um, vision or sight. Mm -hmm. And that's why the cover is reflective. What you can see yourself in that phone screen, Mm -hmm. but what you see is a distorted Uh image. And so I kind of lay out the problem, which I think is distorted vision. Mm -hmm. And then, um, God gives us the truth to correct our vision, but then we've got to to learn to see things differently. And I I would say that in order to be really helpful going forward, vision has to include hindsight, insight, and foresight. So I, I really try to provide some insight, but I think one of the necessary steps, I would use the word step, it is hindsight. That you you have to consider what got me to here, mm-hmm. and if you're like me, then you will need the help of a professional mm-hmm. to help you peel back those layers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, you know, I think you, I think you're right, Heather. If you're like most people, um, some kind of professional would be helpful. You, you may not need it as badly as I did, but you you probably do need at least a trusted friend to help you peel back the layers and figure out what it is, maybe how you got started. Mm-hmm. And my therapist helped me to see that I got started this way. No wonder it had become an ingrained pattern. I, it, I was born with a birth defect. Mm-hmm. And so from the time that I was tiny... I was comparing myself to other people, noticing that I didn't look like other people, that I I wasn't the same. Playing that Sesame Street game, one of these Mm -hmm. things is not like the other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I just, that's how I trained myself to be. And it's not, there were a few traumatic things in in my childhood. And my therapist helped me with some, some healing that I needed. And some friends helped me with healing prayer. Honestly, if you can't take an honest look at your past and and come to terms with it, then I think it's very hard to go forward. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I would say that that uh, hindsight is is a step, and mm-hmm. it's not necessarily an easy one. Now, for some people, it probably is easy and, you know, maybe just a joy to think about. But I'm guessing that for people like you and me who really struggle with comparison, there's some things back there that are that are thorny and prickly and hurtful. And and it's really good to have someone you trust who can help you look at those issues and um, move through them so that they don't have to completely chart your course going forward. You you can get no matter what's in your past, you can heal from it. Of that I'm sure. Amen. Amen. I agree with that. Well, you know, it's funny because you mentioned and I, I do this too all the time, but you you just say, you know, maybe there's some people that don't have this. And I wonder I wonder if Rochella, and I mean, this, this is off script here. We didn't talk right? about this ahead of time. <laughs> oh goody. But, but, but I just I wonder if even that kind of thinking, because I have it too, is mm-hmm. part of that 
that not necessarily mythical me, but part of that, what I like to call idolization of others, mm-hmm. where we we can maybe sometimes see like the brokenness in ourselves. And then we kind of look at others and we're like, but they don't have it like I do. Or they, they they're probably okay. Right. You know, yeah. They're not broken. Yeah. But I think we kind of come to a place where we realize, you know, we all got junk. Right? That's right. You're, you're <laughs> okay. absolutely right. But you're absolutely us, right. Yeah. Some of us have more junk than others. But some but do. We and, and we, and we, it is perfectly uh, acceptable that we have different junk. Yep. So, but I'm guessing that the people (laughs) listening to your podcast are people who actually struggle with comparison. So let me just tell you, you're going to have to get to the root of it before you can go forward. Body image been bogging you down for too long. It's time to get free, my friend. Go to comparejahoo.me. Take your free body image awareness quiz. You will learn amazing things. You'll get your results right away. And I think you'll have fun too, because I mean, who doesn't love to take quizzes? Go to comparejahoo.me. There's lots of great resources on that site articles about body image and comparison, and how you can find freedom through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Check it out today. Right after this episode, of course. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. This is the exciting thing. I mean, Heather can tell you, I can tell you, you can heal. You really can. No matter how complicated it is, there is healing. God has cared for you always. God has always been present. And whatever your memories, even traumatic memories, there is healing available. I really believe there is. And once you take that step, then there are other steps you can take. But that one get you a long way down the road. Amen. You know, one thing that I thought was interesting about your book, again, we didn't pre-rehearse this. In fact, I'm looking at the questions I sent you and, and this is off script as well. So, oh. so thanks for being flexible today. Throw away the script. But, That's right. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, one thing you mentioned just in passing a couple minutes ago about your, your birthmark mm-hmm. and body image does kind of tie right into this comparison thing. And as you know, my first book was really, it's called compared to who, but it's really more about body image than body it is image. about. That's comparison. right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, would you mind just kind of 
sharing how, how some of your body image struggles. I know you talked about your hair in your book too. I mean, Mm -hmm. so much, you guys, so much of this book is so relatable. You're going to want to read it because you're going to be like, oh yes, me too. Oh yes. I I had that too. (laughs) So it will, it will touch your heart because you will be able to relate to it. But Rochelle, while you're here, would you mind just kind of sharing with our group of women who struggle with body image, maybe just a little bit more of what your struggle was like and maybe how that tied in to your comparison, you know, habit? (laughs) Right, right. Well, what we discerned is this is how I got started with it. So Mm -hmm. I was born with a very, very rare disorder. It's, It's the National Organization for Rare Diseases classifies it, I think, as ultra rare. And it's so rare that when I was a little girl, it was unknown. Like my my parents could not find a physician who could diagnose the problem. I didn't get a diagnosis until I was a grown up. <laughs> not until I was a, a grown woman with a child and taking the child to a doctor who was great at diagnosis did I learn that this was called klippel trenone syndrome. But it is a disorder that's marked by, it's characterized by unilateral hypertrophy. So one side of my body is bigger than the other side. And one side of my body has a birthmark. And it turns out that most of the right side of my body is just covered in a massive port wine stain. I mean, it's huge. Covers almost all my leg, my trunk, goes way up on my back. So it's it is not a pretty sight. You know, it's a port wine stain that is unable to be hidden. Let's put it that way. I used to try. Like on my wedding day, I remember I got this really thick makeup mm-hmm. and put makeup on my legs. And someone questioned that. Wasn't your wedding dress floor length? Oh, yes, it was. But my going away dress wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I wanted my, you know, mm-hmm. so I used to try to hide. And honestly, in the fall and the winter, when I was wearing long pants, you couldn't see much of it. You might see just mm-hmm. the bottom of my leg. But in the summer, when I was wearing a dress or shorts or a swimsuit or whatever, it was, I thought, the first thing that people noticed about me. Now, I say I thought because I just assumed this was my most outstanding attribute, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, I just assumed it. And here's the thing. I got just enough validation that that was true, that Mm. I kept on believing it. Mm. So people would say, oh, nobody notices your birthmark. And then the next day I would run into someone who would, you know, what happened to you? Oh my gosh, were you burned? Or, you know, people, you know, sometimes people recoiled in terror. Sometimes people were nice and said, did you have poison ivy? Mm -hmm. But people were noticing it. And I had lots and lots of validation that people were noticing. So Folks would say, don't worry about that. No one will even see it. Uh-uh, not true. I knew it wasn't true. So that just, you know, from, from the earliest times, it, it made me aware that people who were, in my eyes, acceptable were the people who didn't have the birthmark, mm-hmm. right? And I was the only one in my family. This is a, like, again, a very rare disorder. And I, and I know now, because now scientists have found the gene that causes it, Right. I've known one other person in my life who had this disorder because I was so different. I was just sort of bent toward noticing. It was almost always ways that I was inferior. Mm -hmm. But then as a way to try to deal with it, I looked for ways that I might be superior. Mm -hmm. And only much later in life did I realize that it didn't really matter if I was pointing out to myself a way I was inferior or a way I was superior was always different, right? It was always how I didn't fit in. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, we all long to fit in. Mm-hmm. We long to be acceptable and we long to be accepted and we love to be, we want to be loved and connected. But with this constantly finding myself different, I was, I was accepting E-X-C-E-P-T-I-N-G. <laughs> I was making myself the exception. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily that I was making myself exceptional, but I was always making myself the exception. I could always find some way that I didn't belong. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't that other people were saying that I didn't belong. And it is true that most people never even noticed my birthmark, but it was such a glaring imperfection. Mm-hmm. I assumed that it was the first thing that everyone noticed. Mm-hmm. Everybody, really and truly, everybody's got something. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never met a single person who didn't have some aspect of their own person, of their own bodies, about which they were self-conscious. I mean, you name it. And, it, for you know, it may be that uh, it could be crooked teeth. It could be being too thin. It could be being too tall. It could be having thick hair. It could be having thin hair. And, I mean, you name it. But everybody's got something they feel self-conscious about. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the things that the enemy uses against us. Rather than making us self-aware and recognizing that we, we have this little thing that we are struggling with, he makes us self-conscious mm-hmm. and he entices us into spending so much time concentrating on our little imperfections that we think that's the most important thing about us. And it's not. Yeah. It's just not true. It's lies. Satan has very few tools that he can use against us. Lies have always been his stock and trade. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So I, obviously our viewers can't see this, but Rochelle, I have this little mole right here on my, I wrote about it in my book. I mean, I used to put makeup on it, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, high school, I wore makeup on that thing because I thought that was, you know, the one thing people are going to notice. And it's so ridiculous now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm in my forties. I'm like, oh, no one noticed. Right. Well, I got a million others. Right. Exactly. (laughs) That one's just been around longer, but, um, but it's so funny because it, in some ways, the and again, with irony, it's one thing that we all have in common, right? We all have that thing that, oh, yes. that yeah. the enemy is lying to us saying, other people are noticing this about you. They oh, don't yeah. like this about you. Oh, they yeah. think you're ugly because of this thing. Right. And we all have that in common, but yet mm-hmm. the enemy shuts us up where we don't talk about it because that's our deep insecurity. So we stay quiet about it and we think all right. we're the only one. And then kind of to, to what your book talks about, then we look around at everyone else and we're like, oh, it must be nice to be them because they don't have that thing. <laughs> just right. because we don't know exactly. that they have a thing right. because everyone right. doesn't talk about it. And it just, oh, that's right. It just keeps us apart. It's just, mm-hmm. it perpetuates separating what should be a strong bond between sisters in Christ. And that's instead right. we, we keep right. these walls of comparison up. So mm-hmm. perfections don't disqualify us from connection. Mm-hmm. They make us ashamed to seek connection. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what the enemy wants. He wants us to avoid connection because connection is the way we were created to be. We're created by a God who is relationship in his very being. We were created in the image of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Incredible God who reveals himself to us in terms of relationship and created us in his image right? We're created for a relationship, but we assume that our imperfections make us disqualified from connection. Wrong. Wrong. That's a lie. A lie from the pit of hell. And we listen to it. It's a shame because all 
oh, please, if you have an imperfection, come sit by me, <laughs> you know, hold yeah. my hand. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll be imperfect together and we'll fix our eyes on the one who is perfect. Right. Yeah. That's and able good. to, to embrace all of us. So that's, yeah. that's so good. Yeah. That's really good. So one of my favorite lines from your book, you talk about, well, it's not just a line, it's a whole section, but you talk about blessing, not impressing. And I love the way you phrase that because I just feel like it's catchy. Mm. I feel like anyone listening today, like that's something you can say over and over again in your head. Like I'm here to bless, not impress. But would you mm -hmm. fill out for us? Like, what did you mean by that? And, and just kind of talk a little bit about what it looks like to bless, not impress. Yeah, yeah. I will say that I'm really glad that's catchy, but it was God who said it. So, uh -huh. <laughs> so occasionally you. I will, I, occasionally, I've never heard an audible voice, but occasionally I will hear you know, God will speak to my heart. And that was the result of a prayer. I was having a frantic week and a friend prayed for me and God said to me, I made you to bless, not to impress. And I realized that what I was doing and being frantic was trying to impress people. Mm -hmm. And I think that blessing originates in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. This is the way they relate to one another and to us. Mm -hmm. Out of the storehouse of goodness and love, which is absolutely infinite, limitless, come blessing. And then as image bearers, we are able to partake of the blessing that all comes from God. It all comes from God. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. We know this, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but each of us is given some and we're able to pass it on to others. So it might be in terms of words of encouragement. Mm -hmm. It might be in terms of teaching. It might be in terms of giving. It might be, I mean, there are all kinds of things. Our spiritual, the use of our spiritual gifts, mm -hmm. Um, the use of the way that God made us to be. When we pass those along to others, we are blessing them. And what we're doing really is extending the blessing that God has given us to them. And God does it in terms of speech too. Remember when when um, Moses blessed Aaron mm. and he, he actually spoke words of blessing. What he said was the Lord bless you and keep mm -hmm. you. This is what we're doing, really. We are acting almost as conduits or as channels, right? We know that God is the originator of blessing and we pass it along to those in our path. And that is what we are equipped and called to do. But if we get stuck in trying to impress people, mm -hmm. then it's like a dam in the channel. The water of blessing can't flow. And God made us to bless others. He blesses us. We pass that along. It's a beautiful thing. And when we start trying to impress, then ugh, we end up, you know, and it's so sad, Heather, because very often we, we want to bless people and we just get a little diverted into thinking like, for instance, okay, it's my friend's birthday. I would love to bless her by remembering her birthday. Mm -hmm. So what shall I do? So maybe what I will do is text her. And say, happy birthday. I was thinking about you. You're so important to me. But then we think, well, maybe, maybe I'll go get flowers and take them to her. So we start to go to the grocery store to get flowers. And then we think, oh, these don't really look that good. Maybe I'll go to a florist. We get to the florist and that's too expensive. But mm -hmm. by then the grocery store flowers are not up to snuff. So mm -hmm. after a while, we end up not doing anything. 
because what we were really wanting to do was to bless in the first place. We probably could have done that by sniffing flowers from our yard. Mm -hmm. And we get started down this rabbit trail of wanting to be impressive kind of comes back to being self-centered instead of Mm other-centered. And this is where I think we can learn so much by considering the relationship among the Father, Son, and Spirit. That is a relationship that's always other-centered, you know? That's good. And God made us in in His own image to have other-centered love. Other-centered love couldn't care less whether I look impressive doing it. It cares whether you're blessed by what I do. That's really good. Yeah. In fact, I I had a few people, a few women over a week or so ago, and I am the, I was the party planner extraordinaire. Like I was oh, the crazy yeah. person who had like all the food labeled with the Star Wars theme for my child's fourth oh, birthday wow. party. Yeah. That, was, <laughs> that was me, but I've, I've kind of come out of that because I know a lot of doing that was to impress people, not to bless mm-hmm. people. And so anyway, I had mm-hmm. a couple of women over last week and I, I just looked at my spread and I was like, oh boy, like I've come a long way because this <laughs> containers don't match. And you can tell that I bought the food at Costco. I didn't make anything. And, you know, I didn't have pretty fall placemats, and, but I stopped and I remembered your words. Oh, good. Last not impressed or, or God's words. I mean, God, God's yeah. not good lines. But you know, bless, not impress. And I thought how many people are stopped from hospitality opportunities for the right. same reason, because That's my right. house is not impressive. Like I've got ugly mm-hmm. countertops, um, you know, my, yeah. I've got furniture that's 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I can't have people over because my house doesn't look like HGTV. And we stop, we stop ourselves from being used to have God to bless other people that's because right. that's instead right. we really want to impress them. And it, it's just, it's an obstacle that we've created. And it's, you know, just a byproduct of comparison that, that keeps us apart. Well, and it's so easy to fall into the trap because mm-hmm. we have these amazing tools. We have Pinterest and mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram, and we, we look for inspiration, right? And we find inspiration usually online. And then we, we try to match that, you know, mm-hmm. and we can, first of all, allow ourselves to feel bad that ours isn't as good as HGTV. Mm-hmm. But then because we deem it not as good, it stops us from sharing the gift. Or if we go ahead and share the gift, then we're constantly apologizing, right? Oh, please don't, you know, don't take note of the fact that I haven't had a chance to dust mm-hmm. or, you know, oh, I'm so sorry the dog peed on the rug and I know you can smell it. I'm so sorry. I'm so, <laughs> so you know, we fall all over ourselves apologizing. Meanwhile, the person who just came into our house is thinking, oh my gosh, how on earth does she keep the whatever, you know, people are usually impressed by the thing that they struggle with or else they think, oh, thank God our house is not perfect. I can breathe. Uh Right. Absolutely. (laughs) What what people are longing for is relationship. They're not longing to be blown out of the water by your perfection. Yeah. So it's so so sad that we seek perfection. And if we were perfect, it would just end up intimidating people instead of inviting them. Absolutely. I mean, I I believe that when people come over, a lot of times they're thinking, I'm really glad she invited me over. And wow, 
she's not perfect. If she can have people over, I guess I can have people over too. Like that's, that's, right. that's kind of my goal is like, yeah. I feel like we were in ministry for a long time and I felt very convicted as a pastor's wife that if someone was going to drop by that I shouldn't rush around my house <laughs> cleaning everything up as if no one lived here, that I needed to let other people in to see my mess, both, both in my home and, and also, you know, deeper than that to use that figuratively and literally, right. but, but right. To, to let people see my mess was much more of a blessing to other people than to put so. up this facade of I've mm-hmm. got it all together. I'm perfect. You know, try to be like me. Right. And, but we can bless other people when we're not afraid to get real. And I, I just, I think that's, that's, there's a lot of great places in this book, but I think that that's a really, just a great reminder uh, in, in what you've written here. Well, so. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, I, I worried a little bit after I wrote it. I thought, okay, was I, do I get too personal? Because, you know, I'm just sharing things like, you know, my diagnosis and some of my, the memories that I struggle with or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I finally thought, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I've worked through it enough that if it could help somebody else, and honestly, nobody out there was thinking I was perfect anyway. It's mm-hmm. not going to surprise anybody to find mm-hmm. out that I was actually less perfect than. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's well, um, we can have a club, right? We can have a club absolutely. of those of us who finally finally stopped. It took me a long time, though. I do. I write about this for the longest. I thought I was supposed to be trying to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I hate to say this, but it was the it was the good little Christian girl in me. Yeah. You know, I I was thinking, be therefore perfect as your father is perfect, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I thought it was this righteous pursuit of perfection. Mm -hmm. That's what I had made -hmm. it to be. Complete misunderstanding of that scripture. And it was there was this perfectionist. Mm-hmm. trait in me that for the longest time I thought I thought I was supposed to be that way mm-hmm. boy laying down that burden is helpful yeah. so it's funny <laughs> it's funny that you just said laying down that burden because that's what my book is going to be called it's going to be called oh, the, the burden of better Ooh. so because I, I like you had I had a little card and it was from this little quotes book and it was like rip out little postcards that you could put around. And I had this little card and it said, commit yourself to constant improvement because I very much believed that it was kind of my responsibility. And in a way as a Christian, but you know, as a person, it was my responsibility to always try to be better. I mean, if you knew you could be better, like why would you stay where you're at? You should always, you know, always be improving. Mm -hmm. And, and so I do, I think that 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 is part of this whole comparison puzzle is this burden that we carry to be better and this dissatisfaction. I mean, there's a healthy dissatisfaction, I think, with, sure. with yeah. some parts of our lives. God of wants course. us to grow and Holy Spirit convicts us on things. We're okay. You could do a little That's better right. on that. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I'll help yeah. you. Exactly. Because I love you, I'll help yes. you. Yes, yes, and it's not on us to fix That's it. Right. Yeah, That's Jesus right. Jesus fixes it for us. Like we can't mm-hmm. do it on our own. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we are almost out of time, but I would be remiss if I didn't let you share. And I, there's so much in this book, y'all. And she really does a great job of kind of laying out some practical things that you can do to kind of um, practical habits, practical disciplines, as I think how you call them, Rochelle. Mm-hmm. You can start to kind of 
inch your way or or sprint your way really mm-hmm. um, out out of comparison. But I love something that you have towards the very end of the book where you talk about another time when God showed you and about mm-hmm. us all being the same. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it, this is something that's only ever happened to me one time. I had a dream um, where I I really believe that that God showed me something in the dream. And y'all, I'm not a visionary. I'm not a mystic. I'm not someone who usually has visions. And I would never say, oh, listen to me because I've got the inside track to God. No. But this one time, I believe God did speak to me. So in the dream, I'm sitting in a crowd of people and I become aware that Jesus is sitting beside me. And of course, that's true. Jesus is sitting beside me and he's sitting beside you too, right? <laughs> But in, in the dream, he says to me, he gestures out to the people and says, they're all the same, you know? And I thought about that and thought, what do you mean? And finally, I realized, I said, oh, you mean we're all sinners, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I thought I was so smart, you know, that I have gotten it. <laughs> and he said, no, 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 they're, they're all the same. And I realized that he wasn't talking about the fact that we're all sinners. I mean, I know that's true, but there was something else he had for me. Tears came to my eyes. I said, you mean we're all God's children. Don't you? I just thought that was the most wonderful thing. And Jesus kind of shook his head in almost a little bit of frustration and said, no, no, look through my eyes. Those were his words. And then he put these glasses on my face and let me look through them for just an instant. Mm -hmm. And when I looked through them, instead of seeing all the people, what I saw for just a second were diamonds and rubies Mm -hmm and sapphires and emeralds and you name it, every precious stone ever, like gleaming so brightly. That was what I saw when I looked through the glasses and I, (gasps) and I woke up. That moment was like ecstasy. And I thought about it. I prayed about it. I talked with some friends who, who are more visionary people because I thought, what is this message? And clearly Jesus didn't mean Everybody was all the same because it was diamonds and rubies and sapphires. And, you know, it was different gems. And I came to realize that what he meant was that every single person was of inestimable value. Mm-hmm. Like it, every single one, everyone glittered. They weren't mm-hmm. literally the same. Mm-hmm. They were all of such value to him. It would be like saying, okay, you know, an emerald is so much more beautiful than a sapphire. But you would not say that mm-hmm. an emerald is beautiful as a sapphire is beautiful. They're beautiful in different ways, but they're both so valuable. Right. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, I believe, was saying to me, you are all so valuable to me and you can rest in being like one another. You know, Heather, I always tried to overcome comparison by making myself incomparable. Like, surely if I could just be better than everybody else, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't struggle with comparison. And I feel like. The Lord said to me, no, it's good. You can be comparable. This is good because I love you all mm-hmm. more than you can imagine. You're all valuable. It's good to be all the same. So, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's really good. I love that. Mm. Well, it, it has been a super fun to talk to you today. It is so much is, fun to talk to you. Is there anything else as we kind of wrap up, like one piece of encouragement you might want? I mean, I feel like what you just said was super encouraging, but is there, is there anything glad. else you might want to throw out there as one piece of encouragement for anyone struggling with comparison today or feeling just kind of hopeless in this yeah. front? Well, if you're feeling hopeless, I, I would say, I don't know your situation. We all have our own circumstances. We all have our own challenges. We all have our own callings, right? But what I want you to know is that 
you don't have to keep yourself in the isolation that comparison brings. And that as God's beloved child, you're invited to leave behind the lonely life of comparison and enter a life of compassion and of confidence and of courage, a life of community, that that's that's what you're invited into. And Jesus has made it available. It's done. You're invited. Come sit by me. That's good. I love that. I love that a lot. Okay. Well, if you want to connect with Rochella, you can go to her blog, which is imparting.grace.com, and I'll put a link in the show notes. And like I said already, you're going to want to check out this book. It's called Mythical Me, Finding Freedom from Constant Comparison. And I'll put an Amazon link in the show notes as well. Facebook, Instagram, what's your, uh, what's yeah, your Yeah, so on Instagram, Instagram and Twitter, <laughs> I'm just at Rochella okay. Parham, right? Okay. And on, okay, great. On, on Facebook, there's a page for Imparting Grace. And also I'm Rochelle Parsons Parham. And I'd love to connect with people. You will find good and bad. I'm really trying hard not to be perfect on social media. (laughs) So I hope you'll find some things that are just um, provide courage for your soul. I love it. Good. Well, Rochelle, thank you so much for being on the show thank today. You. Thank you so and, much for uh, having me. It's such a pleasure to talk to you and I'm looking forward to your book. It is fun to think that that uh, all of us made in God's image reflect a little part of that image. So there is plenty of room for what everybody's got to say. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. And mm-hmm. thank you for listening to the Compared to You podcast. I hope to catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Hey, friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the start here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Want to learn more about God and his will for your life one verse at a time? I'm Quinice Petway, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. I'm inviting you to tune in and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.